Thank you for being patient. That's been a lot of years. I always enjoy music, and I always enjoy, especially the old hymns. I always, when I go to them, much like the scriptures, um, you know, there's so much beautiful music out today. Uh, but I find true, true comfort. In fact, here's an interesting aspect of hymns. In uh, both World War II and in uh, Vietnam War, prisoners of war couldn't always remember sermons or passages, but what they could remember were hymns that they had learned when they were growing up. But they found that not one would know all the hymn. There would be one prisoner that would know the first verse, another prisoner would know the second verse, and that is how they would encourage each other, is they would recite the hymns to each other, and it was a form of scripture education and encouragement to them. It's very interesting, so I, that's why I, I wanted to sing some of these that I remember uh, growing up. This morning I want to share some just as far as Father's Day, uh, and my title was just simply Father's Day 2023. Um, some observations and some thoughts, and um, we'll look in one part at the scriptures, and I'm going to, and, and we're going to look at Job. Uh, interesting, interesting life and what happened to Job, but I think what caricatured him was at the very, very beginning was his picture as a father. Then the second thing I wanted to look at. If, I, if you give me a little leeway, is uh, our founding fathers of our country, because our founding fathers looked at our country as their children, and that's why we refer to them as our founding fathers. So I'd like to read Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 for the moment. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were sheep, camels, oxen, donkeys, very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on the appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send for his children, sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God or not given God blessing in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Let me just reflect a little bit about Job for a moment. To do this, and it says that Job did this regularly, that means that two things were taking place every time the children and Job would be together. The first thing is Job would be sharing, I'm sure, as fathers do, their, their opinions, uh, their, their wisdom, as it were. We sometimes call it wisdom, but I've been told, no, you're absolutely just doing nothing more than inflicting your opinion on everybody. And that it may be true, but still, it could be wisdom. I think the children were there, 
And as they were there, Job, uh, being the success that he was, uh, gave him, gave them his wisdom. I know most likely he was also giving them instruction, uh, guidance. And the reason was because he had a great care for them, which we will see a little bit later. He wanted them to have comfort. He wanted them to understand how much he was going to provide and take care of them. But importantly, I think that because he worshiped God regularly, he was also instituting and instructing them about God. And it came from him. And because ultimately we're going to see how that even his instruction was going to be that which would heal himself in the trials that he would go through. So he taught them about worship, and they knew, I think his children knew, that every time that they would get together, that their father was faithful to pray for them, uh, to seek their good, to uh, ask God to bless them. And so that was the example that Job gave to his children that we see at the very beginning. Now, that's important, and it's so important that at the founding of this particular country, we find that our founding fathers, and, I, and again, I want to look at the phrase founding fathers. We refer to our founding fathers as if we are the children, but they viewed the citizenry or this new nation as their children and as such. They set forth in several places, but one in particular was the Constitution. They set forth certain ideals and certain standards that they thought was very, very important, not only for them as founding fathers, but we can look at that and see that it's actually derived from being a good father, much like Job. The first thing that we see uh, about uh, founding fathers, and I'm going to be quoting from several of, our, several of the writers of the uh, Constitution. But the first thing was they felt like children should be educated. It was very, very important uh, to them that when you deal with children in this country or when people, that, that they should always be educated. In fact, we find that James Wilson, who was one of the signers of the Constitution, and he, all, he signed the Declaration of Independence, and he helped draft the Constitution. Here's what he said. It is the duty of parents, both mother and father, to maintain their children decently according to what they are able to do to protect them according to the dictates of prudence and to educate them according to the suggestions of a judicious and zealous regard for the usefulness of, of their children as they become adults. So our founding fathers saw how important it was for this. You don't train up a child to be a good child. You train up a child to be a good adult. Now, it just so happens that in the time that we're in right now, it seems to be that that is absent in that. And I can look at Job and I can see that there's going to come a point in his life that he will be glad that he did what he did. All right, the second thing uh, that we know about our founding fathers is that they believed heartily, not only in just education, but religious education. And the reason was because that in the founding of, of this, our country, 
It was based on biblical principles. I had the opportunity these last couple of weeks uh, to spend time uh, with some of our leaders as they were trying to select a, a chaplain, one of the chaplains for the state. And I listened very intently to what some of them said and, and, and as we were talking about this, what they said was, was very important to them was that biblical principles, you may not be a Christian, but biblical principles were so, so very important. Now in this, we know that also another signer of the Constitution, uh, Governor Morris, uh, Penman, that he had a very straightforward, a very straightforward reason for educating children in religion. And again, all this is coming back to us as fathers, as fathers. Fathers should not be absent from their children. They should be hands-on. And so what he wrote, he said, in order to avoid any kind of extremism or anarchy, the only ground of hope must be on the morals of the people, is what he wrote. And this was, one again, our founding father. He says, I believe that religion is the only solid base of morals, and that morals are the only possible support for righteous governments. Therefore, education should teach religion and the duties of man towards God. Now, our founding father looked at this new country as his children and believed it so much so that he wrote it down and he was willing to sign that, that education and duty to God was so very important. And that's what they in, in, insisted on and that's what they did. Unfortunately, today, we live in a time where there is not support of religious education apart from the family. So you can see where this leaves us. If a family, a mother or a father, is abstentia in religious knowledge, they will not get it anywhere else. If a family, a mother and or a father, does not instruct God or about God to the children, they will not have instruction regarding God anywhere else. And what is so heavy about that is the scriptures teach very clearly that children are a heritage from the Lord. He gives them to us. Therefore, as a gift from God, we should not ignore, we should not abuse, we should not take for granted, but we should, in fact, instruct them as just like our founding fathers did, and which we saw that Job did also. Our founding fathers also had a, a very, very, and this may be a little sidetrack here, but not really, if you, again, if you'll bear with me. Our founding fathers felt strongly that their children, the citizenry of this new country, needs to know their past. They need to know their country. They need to know where we came from, what we, why we're here, why they left England, why it's a new country, and what they said. And, and, and one, of the, one of the signers, which you are probably familiar with him, Noah Webster. Noah Webster wrote this. He says, every child in America should be acquainted with his own country. He should read books that furnish him with ideas that will be useful to him in life and practice. And as soon as he opens his lips, he should rehearse the history of his own country. 
That way, he will understand what true liberty is, and he will have an understanding and an appreciation of where freedom truly comes from. They had a, they had a commitment, a, a total commitment to knowing who you are. And it actually is reflected in some of the old philosophers. The old uh, pre-Socratics said, know thyself. One of the greatest tragedies in our country right now is that people do not know themselves. Therefore, they are unable to deal with themselves and whatever circumstance they are in. When I think about this part and our founding fathers, they wanted us to understand ourselves. They wanted us to understand our country. They wanted us to understand our family, our, our, our God, who we worship. As fathers today, it's the same. We cannot blink or wink at all of the distractions that are appealing and capturing children, our children today. There are many. And they are uh, wonderful, they're entertaining, they're enjoyable. But if we're not careful, it fills the minds of our next generation with things that are totally useless to be a good adult. Again, I go back to, you don't want to raise to be a good child, you want to raise to be a good adult. So in that, they believe that the history was very important. I think Job as he sat around with his children, he filled them in with the graciousness of God, with the worthiness of worshiping God. I believe that Job, as we saw in his later conversations when he is in the throes of trials, he refused to curse God like, his, like he was encouraged to do. He refused to uh, disrespect God. He always worshiped God and gave God the credit for all the good that he had. And I know, I feel confident that he instructed his children in that same way. Likewise, we as fathers. Not only should we, like our founding fathers say, educate our children in who we are as a country or who we are as citizens, both the good and the bad, both the right and the wrong. We need to be instructed. But at the same time, as fathers, we need to instruct our children in God and God's ways and God's words and not let others either mention it or not mention it. It's clear today that even in our country, and this is an amazing statistic to me because I love history and a lot of people do. This is an amazing statistic. Uh, two years ago, they did a survey at, and, and actually they did one in high school those who were graduated, and then they did one in college, uh, in universities for, for history majors. In, in 2022, only 13% of students in America could answer questions about America proficiently. Now in that, we also find that uh, what uh, Santiana philosopher said, if a country does not know itself, it is destined to repeat its mistakes. If we as God's people do not know what God's people is supposed to be all about, we're destined to repeat the same mistakes. And we read that time and time again with Israel, 
in Corinthians, Paul says these things in the scriptures were given for your examples. So, yeah, I mean, there is a, on Father's Day, there is a responsibility. There is a mantle. There is a banner. There is a belt. There, we should gird ourselves because here's the thing. No one else is going to step in your role and do what you can do as a father. Only you are able to do that. So, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Job and how he, how he offered, you know, that. And so I want to come back to Job. I'm going to come back to what it says. He did this regularly. I'm sure that Job had no idea that that was not going to be forever. I'm sure that Job, as he loved his children and he provided for them and all of that, he had no idea what he was getting ready to go through and what was about to happen with his family. And so here's what happened. We know the story in between that he was to be tempted, he was to be tested, and God allowed it. And so the scripture says, so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send, he had sanctified them in the early morning, and you know, he wanted to be, give them comfort. He wanted to give his children satisfaction. He wanted to, them to understand what forgiveness was. He wanted them to understand what worship of God was. That's what Job, as their father, wanted to do. He understood that when he gathered them all together, he was going to be able to instruct them and share his wisdom because they lived at that time in a country that flourished with, we would say, idolatry. And he did not want his children to fall prey to the culture of that country. So, he worshiped, I mean, he worshiped God and he taught his children. But there came a day when all that was about to change. The scriptures tell us that he had a servant come and he had just heard that all of his cattle had been, had been taken and there had been uh, raiders and he had lost his possessions. And while they were telling him that, another servant came to him on that same day and he said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind from across the wilderness struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on all the people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Job arose, he tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshiped. Now, I think there's something very, very significant here about Job. Job did not fall down to the ground and confess anything. He didn't ask for forgiveness. He just simply worshiped God. And the point that I would make is this. Job had no regrets. Yes, there was loss, but Job did not waste the time that he had with his children. And little did he realize, like we don't realize, that our time is limited. Now, as parents, we, we think of this in, in, we think of in these terms. We think that we're going, not going to live forever. And so, you know, we want to finish well and we want to do it. But it's also true about our family. Our family's time is limited. We have no idea. It is a hard thing. I cannot imagine the loss of a child. I just cannot imagine that. But Job, as he did, what's absent here is 
regret. I think of David when he found out Absalom was killed and you read his Psalms. That's all you hear is regret. Regret, 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 but not Job. What Job did is he worshiped and then he trusted God to take care of him and guide him in that way. So Father's Day, it's all about hands-on. It's all about us understanding that we only have a short time. In fact, you only have, we only have a short time to have a great influence on our children. After that, they begin to use whatever for whatever, whenever they want. So our time is very limited and time is very short. And so that's why the scriptures tell us, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain the heart of wisdom. We so often quote that regarding our time on life, but honestly, I think it's just as applicable for us as, as parents and as fathers. Teach us to understand that we only have a short amount of time to help, to guide, instruct, and encourage our children. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Either we will fail in this life or they will. Either life, either the house will fall on us or it may fall on our children. So our time is very, very limited. So I w- what I would say this morning as in my thoughts is make the best of, you, of the time as fathers. Again, I, I, would like to, I would like to emphasize if you as a father do not have hands on, there is no one else that's going to do it like you can do it. You have the most vested interest in your children. You have the greatest desire to see them do well. Therefore, choose well. If you choose well as a father, then you're able to share that with your children that they also can do well. Final scriptures are these. The scriptures are very clear about us as fathers and and teaching our children. God instructed Moses when they got the law and when they were talking about how much God had done for the children of Israel in the wilderness after they left Egypt. And here's what said, when your son asks you in the time to come, well, what is this? Why are we doing this? You, as a father, are to say, by the strength of the hand of the Lord, he's the one who brought us out of Egypt. It's a father's responsibility. It's, it, it, it's a privilege to let our children know the role that God has in our lives. And then later, he says essentially the same thing. He says, teach these things to your children and to your grandchildren. When someone asks you, fathers, what are the meaning of all these testimonies and the things that we do as God's people You instruct them that it is God who brought us out, and do not hesitate in doing that. The scriptures tell us that the Father shall make known to the children the truth of God. So yeah, we have a, yeah, it's a burden, and yeah, sometimes it takes a, it takes a real, it takes a real, uh, politically incorrect, it takes a real man to protect, to embark to engage, to make the call, 
for the sake of your children. That is absent in our country today. And so with you as a congregation of God's people, and this is being said, I'm sure, throughout the country, bring up your children in the training and admonition of the Lord because that's the right thing to do that God wants us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessings, and especially we thank you for our children. We pray, Lord, that we would not, we would not use children to our own advantage, but, Lord, we would bring them up in your knowledge and in your wisdom and in admonition. I pray today, Lord, not only for our children, but I pray for us as fathers. Give us that courage that we need to do the right thing at the right time for our children and for our children's sake. And we'll give you thanks in our Lord's name. Amen. I appreciate your attention this morning. And um, I hope some thoughts, just you can share with my thoughts and things. Uh, many of us have had uh, opportunities, you know, to... Uh, to have fathers, uh, to be a father. Um, I think it runs with it. You always sometimes feel like you're a failure in many aspects, but I think that no matter how we might fail in some things, if we're faithful to God and we try to teach them, God will honor that. Let's have our ushers come forward as we come to a close today and receive our tithes and offerings.